Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. This week we're talking about reading a frequency chart for your microphone. But before we do, just a quick one, um, our sponsor Rode Microphones made an announcement during the week for their Australian employees and this is uh, an unprecedented announcement. They've introduced a brand new parental leave policy aimed at providing more support to their employees. This is Pretty amazing, actually, because if you're the caregiver of your child, you will get 20 weeks full paid leave, uh, which also includes your superannuation, which is Australia's equivalent to uh, pension and health, wow. even though we don't have the health component. Isn't that good? That is amazing. And if you decide to come back uh, before the 20 weeks is up, for the remainder of the 20 weeks, they will pay you a 50% loading on top of your current salary <laughs> uh, to cover off daycare for your child. Wow. Wow. I mean, I don't know what the norms are in Australia. That's certainly way outside the norm in the US. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, awesome. here you're lucky to get 12 weeks, I think, parental leave from memory. Yes, 12 weeks. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a less luxury compared to the United States. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unless you yeah, work right. for like Facebook, you know. Yeah. There are some companies yeah. that are, you know, really above and beyond. Yeah. Um, for for that kind of for parental leave and, and maternity leave and paternity leave even. But yep. most you, the usual run of the mill employers, yeah, you think you get like two weeks. Yeah, come, yeah. come run, come on back after two weeks. You've had enough time bonding with that with that little one, haven't you? Come on back to work, would you? You miss us, don't you? Uh, exactly. Well, there you go, innovators uh, in the studio and out. Yeah, exactly. Impressive. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. really great. I wonder if they give you a, a, like a. a a, a roadcaster for the kids to play with and stuff like that as well. <laughs> <laughs> they just give them the buttons. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. With fart sound effects <laughs> attached. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Actually, they, they could just like, you know, make make one that doesn't function, you know, just has lights and sliders and, you know. Yeah. That would keep them quite entertained. <laughs> it would indeed. We should talk to Fisher Price. I reckon there's a, a side hustle in that for us. We could make children's toys out of studio equipment. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. Now, the other bit of news also before we get into frequency charts is um, our humble podcast was voted in the top 20 uh, from UK-based Welp magazine. Yeah. Welp. Which, uh, not bad. Welp. Yeah. We're pretty happy about that. And for a change, it wasn't the top 20 ones you'd listen to in the toilet. It was actually the top 20 ones you'd want to listen to, which is kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Right, right, on with the frequency chart. This is something that uh, I'm interested in finding out about too because I'm pretty hopeless with this kind of stuff. So run us through what a frequency chart is and what we should be looking for. Frequency charts are giving you at least some kind of a visual representation of what you might expect a microphone to sound like. And um, one of my most frequent places to look at these because you know manufacturers do provide this with the microphones in most cases. Um, but if you're trying to look at a whole lot of different companies, different mics, and even in some cases compare different frequency charts together, there's one place that I go all the time 
to check. And that's called recordinghacks.com. Um, yep. Have you been on that site, you guys? Have you ever seen I it? Haven't. No, yes, but I will I have, be. indeed. Oh, yep. it is awesome. So if yeah. you go to recording recordinghacks.com, um, on the upper right side, you'll see, you know, it's a very simple website. It's actually been around a long time. You'll see a little inconspicuous link that says Mike Database. If you click on that, now you can start searching there pretty huge microphone database. Now it's not going to have the bleeding edge newest stuff all the time because it's clearly something that's being updated, you know, as they have the time, you know, I think it's done highly voluntarily, but there are hundreds of mics in here. And what's really cool is this gives you a great way to not only just view a single microphone, but you could view several or at least two simultaneously and see how their frequencies compare. So um, it's very clever. And um, you can really get an idea what two microphones may sound like compared to each other. Now, theoretically, a perfect frequency response would be completely flat, right? I mean, that would be the perfect frequency response for a microphone. But would that be perfect for recording voice or music? I mean, we always talk about mics being accurate, but is that what we're really looking for? I mean, what do you look for in a mic frequency response? Well, I mean, for me, the, the thing we always talk about with the 41.6 for radio imaging was that, you know, that hyped top end and all the rest of it. So, um, so yeah, yeah. certainly far from flat. Interestingly, I've noticed um, you talk about keeping the thing up to date. They've actually uh, got the Austrian audio OC818 on recording hacks already. Oh, then they, they are doing a pretty good job staying up to date then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Hasn't got a frequency chart yet, but... Um, yeah, it's it's not it, not every mic does. That's what's kind of interesting. Like if you, if you look up the 41.6, where you would normally see a frequency chart, there isn't one, um, which is odd because um, that mic's been around a really, really long time. Um, so it's not going to be every mic that you've, that you've seen out there. So you might have to do your own research, um, and looking for a frequency chart. I have my, I have a guess as to why that might be. I think because that microphone is one of the most knocked off, tried to cop, you know, copycatted mics out there that Sennheiser is really trying to protect the details mm -hmm. of that information. Trying to That's my theory. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you could be right there. Like yeah. if you go to their site and look up the frequency response curve for the 416, 416, on their own website, there's only a very low res little you know, a JPEG picture of the chart to give you an idea of what it is. But it's very, very small and very low resolution. So I really do think they're trying to be cagey about it. Like, you know what? We don't really like telling everybody in the world exactly what this mic is supposed to sound like. So I think that's, I, that's my theory. But yeah, if you look at the frequency chart, you know, what you're looking at is how the microphone deviates from flat. So you'll have like a horizontal line and then that's zero dB. So that's not above the line or below the line. That's neutral. And then you'll see towards the left, low frequencies, just like an equalizer, the low frequencies are on the left, high is on the right. And then you'll see a line that wavers above and below zero dB, kind of giving an idea what the microphone's response might be. Um, and it just gives you an idea of what the mic might sound like, but it's really only just sort of an idea. 
it can help inform you. Like, let's say you want a mic that really truly is pretty flat. Let's say you don't want a mic that is overly bright and has a lot of crispness or even sibilance, like a 41.6 might tend to have. Then you're going to look for a mic that doesn't have a lot of high-end boost or a rise in the top end, like a 41.6 does. So like, um, I'm trying to think of one like right off the top of my head that has a pretty flat or not overly hyped curve. There's one mic by MXL that always comes to mind. I'm just seeing if I can find it. So, I'll well, I found, I'm, I'm actually looking at the uh, C414EB. Mm, that's a good uh, one. The charts. Check. And um, it's showing in cardioid and hypercardioid just a tiniest, tiniest bump at around 10K. Mm-hmm. And that's in hypercardioid. In um, just cardioid, there is no bump at 10K. In fact, it drops off from about. 12K, I think. Right. So when that mic was developed, which would be, what would you say, the 70s? Yeah, 76, I think. Yeah, so the the aesthetic, you know, sort of taste, if you might say it, for a microphone was to have a very mellow tone, right? Not overly bright. And then taste changed over the last 30 or 40 years. And mics certainly got a lot more crisp and sometimes sibilant. So as tastes change and, and you know opinions change about what mics should sound like, those tend to change. That's why there's been numerous AKG 414s, <laughs> 414s. Yeah. And there's also been numerous, speaking of road, NT1s. So there's been the NT1, the NT1A, and then the new NT1. And they're all going to be a little different. And I don't think it's yep. because an old mic, an old NT1 is bad sounding, but I think it's because tastes change. The market says we want something like, for example, the NT1A. It definitely is known to be a bit bright, uh, more so than I think a lot of people would like, especially for women. But then along came the remix or the re-release called the NT1. And if you're out shopping for these two mics, look for the, you'll see a silver road NT1 and you'll see a black one. The black one is the newest, newest one. That's the NT1. And the silver is the NT1A. And they they have slightly different EQs. Um, the curve or the frequency response is different. So a lot of us will recommend the NT1, the new, new one, <laughs> over the NT1A, which can be a little confusing, right? Because you think the one with the A is the new one. Yeah. But it's not. It's actually a little bit older. People are preferring the NT1 to the NT1A because it's not quite as um, bright at the top end. So it's interesting. Like it, you can EQ in post, you know, you can fix it later, right? So why is it so important for a mic to have such a certain tone to it if you can fix it later? It's nice to start with something that's close to what you want so you don't have to process the absolute rubbish out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be my thought. Because processing, I don't want to say can add artifacts, but you know what I mean. You can hear something if something's been overworked in terms of processing. Yeah. But there's also some mics that you that don't process well at all. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, what, do you, what do you think? Do you, can you think of one example? I can't off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but I do. Uh, that's always been something that has been talked about in studios with microphones that... Mm. Particularly if I get a new one and send it off to someone and, and they sort of really give it a... a 
good hard go with processing and, and like ridiculously, right? Uh, and try and break it uh, with EQ and stuff. Mm. And if it doesn't break, then they're, they're you know it's obviously a really good microphone. But um, would you say those are mics that have a, a more of a jagged frequency response? There are definitely some mics when you look at their frequency response, they're not a smooth curve. Some of them sort of have bumps in it, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down. And um, would you say those are probably harder to EQ? Well, look, interestingly, uh, the one that, I, I, that springs to mind was actually one of the microtechs that I took with me to a studio in Melbourne. And, uh, and they were just really going hard on it to try and make it, you know, do some weird stuff. And it didn't. I mean, they really pushed it hard to try and make the thing break. It was the uh, M ninety two point one S. The other thing that occurs to me is away from the voiceover realm, going back to my sort of in station radio days when we used to record a lot of acoustic sessions. Was if you know if you had someone who was playing a nylon string acoustic guitar, you wouldn't really go sticking a four one six on that. I mean, because we didn't have cupboards full of microphones, you had to deal with what was around. You right. would probably put a Neumann on that. Because you right. don't want all that high-end stuff in there to begin with, so you you're miking closer to the sound you want to get at the end of the process. Yeah, you know, if it's a misconception, sometimes people will ask, "Well, I have a baritone voice, right? I have a lot of low end in my voice, right?" So they'll be like, "What mic will work well at picking that up?" Yeah, and so sometimes there's a little misconception that you want the mic that's better at hearing that. And not as not going to pick up other stuff, but that's really not exactly what you're looking for. You're looking for a mic that will complement it. Mm -hmm. So if you're already putting out a ton of low end, you don't want a mic that exaggerates exaggerates low end, right? right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So four sixteens can sound really, really good on voices that are pretty bottom heavy because those mics have a bit of a low end roll off. They, in other words, as you go down towards the left, you'll see that it kind of starts to fall away. It's not flat at the bottom end. So same goes for the other end of the spectrum. So that's why I'm I'm kind of enjoying right now looking um, on Rhodes data sheets. They actually do publish the NT1A data sheet and then the Rode NT1 yep. data sheet. For you. It's, this is, if you went to a trade show, they'd have these printed out in color. You know, you could take it home in your bag. And it shows the actual frequency response. And they're quite different between those two mics. And it gives you an idea why one might sound better on some things than other because the, the NT1 is pretty flat. It has a little rise at the top end, but it's very gentle. It's a very wide curve. And it only goes up a couple of decibels. Whereas the NT1A, it's got little lumps in several places. Mm. It's got a little yep. bump at like 150 or 200. Then it's got another little bump up at like 2K. And then as you get above 4K, it kind of looks like a little roller coaster. It goes up, down, up, down. So what they've done is they've just figured out how to better design that capsule and electronics to smooth out that response. So the NT1 is going to be similar in character, but just more accurate across the board and just less, it's just going to be less trouble EQing a mic that's flatter. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, when we did our mic shootout, the NT1 was very similar sounding to the uh, 41.6, which was kind of weird. It is kind of weird because they don't have that similar EQ. Um, Yeah. 
the thing is, those two mics are really hard to compare apples to apples because of how they respond to um, on-axis, off-axis response and also how they respond to proximity effect. They're quite different. So I'm not surprised that if you put those two mics in optimal locations, you would get a really similar sound. But if you put them at the exact same distance, I think you'd get a pretty different sound. Like yeah, if they probably. were both yeah. like exactly, yeah. let's say six inches away, they're going to sound quite different from each other. So it's tough shooting out mics. You, you're going to kind of work the mic to the way it sounds good to your ear sometimes. That might influence when you're, when you're comparing two mics like that. Well, the reason that we talk about this though is because a lot of people are buying microphones online at the moment. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. So they're not really getting a chance to test them unless they have that return policy. Yeah. And so based on that, if you looked at a frequency response, what would be your choice? What would you be looking for if you're a, a voice talent and you're looking at a frequency chart to pick a, a microphone? If you're going strictly Maybe. by frequency chart, let's just compare two. And I just mentioned the NT1A and the NT1. If I'm comparing two and trying to decide, I'm going to pick the one that has an overall smoother frequency response. So... I want it to look like almost a flat line with maybe a little bit of a curve one place or, you know, one place or another. So a little bit of a curve that goes up or down one place or another is okay. But I don't really want a mic that has many little bumps, um, little curves that go up and down. Um, that's something I'm going to be less interested in. It means I'm going to have more of a chance of it emphasizing things that I don't want it to emphasize. And that might mean I have to do more work to correct it with my EQ. There's a mic that I've used over the years that I used to recommend I don't anymore. The Shure uh, PG42. Because it was really one of the very first USB mics that was really actually pretty good. But when I looked at the frequency response... It was just as I was describing, bumpy as all get out, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down. Yep. It was not smooth. And so it was trouble getting it to sound truly smooth. It would sound a little bit harsh. And I'm looking at the chart right now. It is actually pretty bad. <laughs> uh, if you look at the chart of that mic, it, it, everything above like 3K, things just start to go crazy. He goes up, then down a little, then up a lot more, then down, then down, then up. It looks like the profile of a mountain bike ride that I might have ridden on recently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. just mountains and valleys up and down. That's really not what you want in a microphone for voiceover. Now, if yep. you have a locker of microphones, well, that's why people have 10, 20, 150 microphones <laughs> because they like that microphones don't have accurate pickup, that they have character. And that comes with experience. Like you, you, that's what a recording engineer, they're paid for their ability to pick out a, an array of mics, mic up a band. And as, as, and I was, you know, I was being devil's advocate earlier when I said, why have more than one mic and why can't they just all be flat? Because there's, there's nothing better than being able to just pull up all the faders and hear something that sounds like you want it to sound without spending hours EQing everything. You know, and, and that's why mics have certain characters. Like a, a SM57 just happens to have a good tonal balance that works with a snare drum. So that's what people are going to grab for a lot. Yep. yep. You know, so the, and like some mics are really great on kick drums because they do really de-emphasize things you don't want to hear in a kick drum mic. So 
That's why there are so many kinds of mics. And then, you know, the rest of the mics are just copying other mics. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? I presume in doing what you do, when you're setting somebody up from scratch in a home studio, you probably have a collection of mics in your head that you go to first to try out to see how they sound. Is that collection, is, is the collection you have in your head of microphones for a male different to the collection of microphones you have in your head for a female? Essentially, yeah. So in most cases, a male voice can stand to have some clarity added. And when I say clarity added, I mean more mid-range, more trouble. Mm -hmm. Like you want that voice that would normally be a little bit too warm and a little bit too muddy to have a little bit more definition, a little bit more clarity, more cut in a mix. But if I use that same mic that adds clarity and definition, presence sometimes is a word that's used, that may not be working in your favor on a female voice if they already have a tremendous amount of presence and cut just because of the nature of their voice or their character. So I'm going to pick a mic that's going to be a little flatter. So like I was mentioning earlier, there's the MXL CR89. I, I stumbled on this mic one time and found that it was very mellow and very flat sounding. So I'm going to more likely recommend that for a female voice because it's going to smooth out or it's not going to modify or boost that area of their voice that sometimes is overly boosted. Sibilance mm -hmm. is the key thing that comes to mind. So I do have some in mind, but man, in a perfect world, oh man, to me, the dream would be, I had a fantasy about this, to have a van or a truck that has like a hundred voiceover mics <laughs> in it. And I would drive to someone's house by. and I would come into their and I'd listen to them talk. And okay, I'll be, I'll be back in five minutes. And I'd walk out to the truck. I'd pick out like, mm, let's say 10 of my favorites, you know, things that I think <laughs> might work and then walk in and then we do a shootout, you know, on the spot. That's in my fantasy life. There you you go. Know? That's just, <laughs> that's not happening probably ever really now at this point, well, now that everything's gone home. But I can imagine how... How much fun that would be. You used to have door-to-door -door shoe salesmen. You could be a door-to-door -door mic salesman. <laughs> That's right. know, the insurance on the van would be brutal, though. It would yeah. have to say, like, uh, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Summer's Eve douche salesman or something, you know. <laughs> the number would touch the van. would bug me with the van. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> there's a douche salesman on board. Stay away. He's a douche. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so uh, that's the problem with uh, this idea. It's hard. It'd be hard to implement. If you're really lucky, you might live in a major city with an incredible pro audio dealer that lets you try out the mics in-house or rent or borrow a few or buy and return a few. Hello, Taramara Music, can I just say? Yeah, I was going to say, if you have a plug for your local <laughs> pro audio shop that does this, plug away. Taramara Music. Nice. And is, yep. so what have they done to make that a good experience? Mate, they basically will let you try anything, from guitars to drums to whatever. If, you, if you're obviously interested and not just there going, oh, you know, I'm just sort of kicking the tires, but if right. you're obviously interested in purchasing one, they'll quite happily set it up and, and let you have a listen. They've got a, a dedicated room out the back to do just that for, with everything from guitars to drums to mics to pedals to you name it. That's really impressive. Mm. They have a space yeah. to do it. There's there's a shop here in LA called uh, Vintage King and they have one of the most impressive yep. mic demo rooms that I've seen in a while. Um, you know, it's it's a 
decent sized room, but still kind of realistic to being a home voiceover booth. So it's not huge. I would say it's six by eight feet, maybe a little bit bigger, but it's three quarters of the wall is covered in mics all the way around, you know, and wow. then every one of them, you can punch a button and listen to on the fly. Don't take AP there, it. whatever you do. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen videos oh of that uh, mic room. Yeah, yeah. I was very, I was very impressed cool. with it. And But at the end of the day, it only matters what it sounds like in your studio. Yeah. So that would be a yep. good test to kind of hear. You know, it'd be, it'd be good for just training your ears. Well, what do different mics sound like? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean it's going to be the best way to pick the mic for you. So start yep. with the usual suspects, the ones that we talk about on the show all the time, the Rode NT1, the NTG4, um, the the talk, of course, if you have a little bit more to spend, the Austrian audio. All these mics have something in common, is that is none of them have crazy, you know, way off base frequencies mm -hmm. responses. They're all relatively accurate without a lot of crazy bumps and curves. They're smooth sounding. That's why I have no problem recommending certain mics to just about anybody. Yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. obsess about the perfect mic for their voice at that point in their career. Because yep. at the end of the day, you, you have to have the experience to know. Like, Andrew, you've spent years hearing yourself on countless mics. So yep. you know how you react or how a mic reacts to you. And so you can better decide. But new voice actor is not ready. No, and, I, and the other thing yeah. I was going to say on the back of what you were just saying, George, is if you are a new voice actor and you do buy a nice mic, also take the time to find out how to use it properly, like where to be on the mic. Yes. Because that oh, can yeah. make such a difference too. Mic placement is super yep. critical. Mm -hmm. So, uh, And always talking to the right side of the oh, microphone. Yes. Usually yes. Helps. <laughs> oh, if I, had a, if I had a dollar for every time I saw some influencer on Instagram or even like an ad for like someone who proposed, you know, is saying that I'm a professional... And they're talking into the end of their side address mic. <laughs> yep. It happens all too yes, often. Or, or even the Queen movie, that the scene with the microphone. Yes. Singing into the in the end of the mic. Yes. <laughs> what do you yes, know what mic it was? Yeah. Do you remember? I'm trying to remember. I can't off the top of my head, but I, I've seen was, the pictures. It was of obvious it was enough that it was the wrong. Oh, placement. absolutely. And now I'm off mic while I'm looking at my phone trying to figure out what it was. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, it's, it's just like you go, wow. Well, I love God. shaming them. I'll always like post screenshots on Instagram and, you know, tag yep. everybody and be like, you guys know how to use a mic? You know, da, mm -hmm. da, da, da. I, I sh I'll shame yep. people publicly and shamelessly. <laughs> You know what we should do? You should have, uh, we should talk to Rode and you could have a, a full collection of Rode mics to take with you and do there the, you the go. test. They would be happy about yeah, that. Yeah, a Rode van that says Rode on the side. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> Hook me up. Hitting the road with the road. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite recorded using Rode NTG5s and Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters and mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. With tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic or just say g'day, drop us a note at our website. ProAudioSuite.com Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.